Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. We are your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. And this is Joe Newspine with me, Samuel Kojo Briggs. In our headlines, IMF board schedules Friday, January 19th, to decide on Ghana's fate in relation to the latest disbursement under the extended credit facility. Details as Finance Minister Ken Ofoyata described debt restructuring deal with external creditors as major turning point. Also, Works and Housing Minister rubbishes claims there is a grand conspiracy to sell off official residence of late Justice Samuel Mafasal, insisting ongoing redevelopment of prime areas is to provide accommodation for growing number of civil servants. And Adansi Asokwa MP Katie Hammond extends disqualification application to all three contenders following earlier failed attempt to disqualify his main contender as he escalates petition to the National Appeals Committee of the MPP, insisting they are not eligible to contest the race. Go to ask them if they know the constituency. Go to ask them what is it that they know about the constituency. At 8 p.m., Emma Davis will come here with Prime. Well, the business community is optimistic. The second tranche of the $600 million expected from IMF will ease the business environment. Really, in this camps, all of these indicators hopefully will be affected in a good way so that overall the industrial environment in Ghana will flourish. And at 8.15, Razak Musbao will be bringing you latest from AFCON 2023. For a 10-man Gambia hold Cameroon to a one-all draw in the second action in Group C in the ongoing African Cup of Nations tournament. We are on DSTV Channel 421, GoTV Channel 125, and around the world on MajorOnline.com. Thanks for choosing us. Please stay. Join News Lines was brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. Now, joining his checks, I have revealed that the residence of the late Superior Court Justice Mafosal remains unoccupied due to redevelopment. Now, a statement from the Works and Housing Ministry denied claims of colluding with a former Chief Justice, Enim Yeboah, to sell the land. Instead of the government, instead the government says it is carrying out a redevelopment program of prime government land under a policy which dates back to 1992. Joy News Blessed Soga visited the redevelopment property, which, when completed, will serve as a residential facility for ministers of state, workers of the judicial service, and other government officials. Brick and mortar, the key ingredients giving life to government's redevelopment program. These men at work have a simple task, to optimize government's prime lands, especially 
this building at Laboni in Accra. Although government says it aims to provide more accommodation for the ever-growing number of public servants, concerns are emerging about transparency and the possibility of a land grab. At the work site, I met Jeffrey Tete, spokesperson of the Coalition of Law Associations, the Alodial Owners of this prime law. This is a very beautiful idea, um, which has been in place for quite some time, I am told since 1992. Unfortunately, the problem we have with this particular uh, redevelopment scheme that government is uh, undertaking is that once they develop one or two of the units, the rest of the whole estate is sold out to private hands. And this is where the issues come up. We want government to come clear. And our call now, as Alodia owners, since we gave out the land, the people of like gave out the land to government for, for I mean, housing purposes for government officials, we want to get an audit. We want government to come up with an audit of all government, I mean, facilities, talking about uh, housing facilities. We want an audit so that we will know how many government has uh, redeveloped, how much has been given to private hands. And if they say it is not in private hands, then together with government, we can go around and check it. And I'm happy the media is doing this. We all go around, tell you the story, you get to know, you, you let the whole world know what is happening so that government will come clear. Our next stop was the Roman Reach community. This property, according to government sources, used to house former senior members of the judiciary. Assembly member for the area, Adam Yusif, tells Joy News, although the initiative is laudable, it should not be handed over to private individuals after its development. Uh, one um, tenant, and that tenant was a, a prison officer. And then now, you, as you can see, we have about six units property here, which can house about three directors from the same unit or from a different government um, unit. And which is laudable because um, the, the land size of this area over the years was like an acre, but you have a single house, a very small, tiny house mm. in the building. Mm. But now, if, we, if it's redeveloped, I mean, you can take more people, yeah. Unlike other places, it takes about eight, but this one is a single, single unit. Wow, and would help, definitely. This thing will um, really help. Mm. Except that you fear that it shouldn't go into private hands. That is our fear, because as you can see, at the, the other side, we have a lot of private developers also pursuing to grab those properties from the state. And to me, I don't advise that the state should lose it to the private um, developer because they will in turn use it for business and make millions of dollars out of their business whilst the state um, officials will be struggling. This housing unit you see here at Laboni, one of the prime areas within the greater Accra region, forms part of government's redevelopment policy. The Works and Housing Ministry explains that it forms part of a broader policy to optimize the use of prime state lands. Upon completion, this very facility with work underway will serve as the primary residence for senior state officials, ministers, superior court justices and other officials of government and the civil service. Blessed Sugan reporting for Joy News, Laboni, Accra. Afghanistan's fate of receiving $600 million from the International Monetary Fund being the second tranche of the $3 billion external credit facility from the Britain Wood institution still hangs in the balance as the board of the IMF has set Friday 19th January 2024 to take a decision. Now this will be a day after the initially scheduled date of 18th January after Ghana secured a deal with its external creditors. But 
what has resulted in the fund taking this decision despite the country reaching a deal with its external bilateral creditors. WFA has details. The executive board of the IMF should have met this Thursday, January 18, 2024. However, Joy Business is learning that some of the executive board members have made a case for the meeting to be pushed a day forward. This is to give them more time to review Ghana's documents submitted by the IMF staff. Therefore, the change in date has nothing to do with Ghana not meeting the conditions for the board to meet on its program concerns about the deal reached with its creditors. We also understand that the executive board members need at least three days to review the country's documents. And since Monday is a holiday in USA, the pushback was necessary. This is because the holiday would mean that the mandatory three days would be cut by a day. Sources close to the fund have told Chairman that everything is in place for the executive board to meet and carry out Ghana's first review under the fund program this fight. This should mean that by next Wednesday, about $600 million should hit Bank of Ghana's account. That is, if the country is able to pass this first review by the IMF on how it has fared under the fund program. But as we await a decision from the IMF board, Ghana's finance minister, Ken Oferiata, is describing the deal with external bilateral creditors as a major turning point for the economy. Mr. Farage's excitement comes after the country reached terms for restructuring the $5.4 billion debt last Friday. Speaking on a yet-to-be-aired edition of PM Express Business Edition, Mr. Farage says this deal will help fast-track process of reducing Ghana's debt to sustainable levels. That we were all negotiating in good faith. I'm um, looking at the country coming back um, quicker. Uh, than later. Um, so it's a good time, it's historic, and we need to acknowledge that ours then, uh, as a government ministry of finance, um, is to work in good favor with these um, investors. You tried to explain to me that yes, the negotiations hasn't ended, even though there's been some preliminary deal reached. Yeah. It means that you could still continue engaging them and maybe pushing further? With regards to the OCC? Oh, definitely. You know, because the memorandum understanding has to be signed. Uh, and that then will encapsulate, you know, um, issues that we need to think a bit more deeply about um, to make sure that it is successful. But we, we were at every turn, uh, we have been victorious, and the country has moved forward, and that will continue. Ghana's biggest hurdle in all of this is the restructuring of its external commercial debt, specifically the eurobonds. Government has submitted a proposal to the creditors, but there is not clear progress made. Lead data analyst here at Joy News, Isaac Kofi Ajay joins me in studio with more on this. Kofi, first of all, let's understand the progress we've made on this. So the progress so far has been made at the bilateral side. So the external debt restructuring that we are considering is about the bilateral and the commercial side. The bilateral side is where we owe our creditors to the tune of some $5.4 billion that we've earmarked for restructuring. Mm. Now, if you look at it, uh, the bilateral you know, uh, debt that we owe our creditors, that's $5.4 billion. Uh, what we are trying to restructure will be about you know, 27% okay. of the entire debt earmark. So you realize that the main problem is not the bilateral because the bilateral comprises 
just 27% of the debt, total debt earmarked for restructuring. Now, the problem has to do with the external commercial debt, which is the Eurobond guys, okay. where the debt EMR for restructuring, Kojo, is about $14.6 billion that we are talking about. For Eurobond market. Exactly. Okay. For, and if you look at this $14.6 billion, that is where we've submitted a proposal asking our creditors to you know, give us a haircut of up to 40% on the principal and up to 5% on the interest. This, many have said, is going to be a bit difficult. Not even a bit difficult. It's really, really going to be a hurdle to cross mm. because most of the blue-chip investors who bought these bonds have actually offloaded them. And you are looking around 73% of the total debt earmarked for restructuring. So if you do a simple analysis, you realize that most of the external debt that we are seeking to restructure comes from the commercial side where we owe or we've earmarked about $14.6 billion for restructuring. Mm. And it's probably difficult at the moment. Definitely, the assurance that we've been able to get from the official creditors, which is the bilateral guys, will be enough to give us or to unlock that $600 million. But going forward, we need to make sure we bring other creditors, such as the commercial guys, which we owe them about $14.6 billion. So one side of the burden almost lifted, 27%, but about 73% of the external debt restructuring has not been tackled mm -hmm. yet. Or we've submitted proposals, but we've actually not received the needed responses okay. that we are getting. But we're looking at the $600 million. Yeah. Which of them affects all pays that offer us to get a $600 million? So currently, mm -hmm. the $5.4 that we've we've targeted or the assurances we receive from the bilateral guys mm. will be enough according to the finance minister in this way he says it will be enough to get that additional 600 billion but that will not depend on the finance minister just saying this is enough mm. or the the staff level it depends on the imf staff you know executive board looking at the assurances the magnitude of the assurance and and pass a judgment and say the magnitude is enough the restructuring or the assurance we, we were looking for is enough. So now we can go ahead to unlock. So it's not cast in stone yet. They would have to take a critical look at it okay. and pass a judgment as to whether these assurances that we've received from the bilateral guys is enough and sufficient mm. to unlock that 600 million. So we expect that the board will come out with a statement whether we are getting it yeah. or not on Friday. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Oh. So what does this really mean for the economy of Ghana? Let's bring in Dean of the School of Business, University of Cape Coast, Professor John Gachi, uh, on this. Prof, grateful for joining us. Now, the finance minister says the agreement with the external creditors is a major turning point. Is that the same meaning you get looking at the fact that our biggest hurdle is the Eurobond creditors? Well, I think uh, his statement is, should be taken in context. Uh, he has been struggling uh, to get this assurance for a very long time. We had the first tranche in May, and since that time we, we couldn't get the second tranche. So if the assurance given by the creditors um, will convince the IMF uh, to release the second tranche, that is a big development for him. Mm. But 
that does not solve our fiscal challenges. That does not solve our debt burden. Remember, the 600 that comes is an addition to our existing debt. That is the implication. Uh, so, from, from his point of view, uh, that is a big uh, issue. Mm-hmm. But for the economy, it's just to create uh, the opportunity to make use of the 600 million to protect the currency somehow to show up the reserve and the balance of payment uh, issues. Mm. But mm. that does not remove the debt burden that we have. That does not actually remove uh, the slow growth that we are experiencing. That does not create opportunity for the timid young people that we are dealing with. Mm. That does not uh, uh, actually deal with the issue of corruption. And that does not deal with the uh, the broader issue of uh, 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 consumers not having to spend to spread up growth across the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does not actually deal with the disruptive economic environment that we have. Okay. So th- that is a context within which we need to discuss this. Mm-hmm. But, but should I be happy or worried that the IMF board would probably agree in giving us this? $600 million. I think the IMF was just looking for assurance. Mm. They are not actually looking for the, the real agreement mm. uh, to give us the $600 million. So this assurance that has been secured is enough to trigger uh, IMF approval. And that is the indication. Mm. Uh, so I'm looking at the impact. As an ordinary Ghanaian, should I be happy or worried about this 600 million coming in? No, I'm not sure ordinary Ghanaians <laughs> should, should jubilate over anything. In any case, we have, been, we have secured 300 billion already. Mm. It should come in tranches. And something is hindering that uh, uh, release. That thing is removed uh, and the money is coming. It's not coming to, <laughs> I mean, bring about development, so to say. What will bring development uh, is something that will affect poverty uh, reduction, is something that will affect job creation, uh, 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 so to say. But that I would not do the magic for the economy. Mm-hmm. Remember, what will change the economy in the IMF uh, 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 thinking is about three hundred uh, three, three billion dollars. Okay, it's not about six hundred billion dollars, uh, six hundred million dollars. Okay, but it's only good that it comes uh, to protect the currency somehow. Okay, all right. Grateful for joining us here, Professor John Gachi, A.S. Dean, School of Business, UCC. Now, there's more um, as uh, I mean, Katie Hammond has added one of his contenders who believes, uh, you know. The fear exhibited by Katie Hammond is an indication that he has lost the elections. Now, the, the member of parliament for Adan Siasukwa in the Ashanti region, Katie Hammond, who is seeking re election, has escalated his attempt to have his contenders disqualified from the race to the National Appeals Committee of MPP and extended it to all the three contenders. This follows an earlier failed attempt at the regional level led by 14 executives backing his bid to expunge his main contender, 
Samuel Benfo from the contest during the vetting process. Mr. Hammond now claims facts available to him indicate that all his three opponents are not eligible and must not be allowed to contest him. We can all listen to him in his interview with my colleague Nanabuachi Yadam after his petition was rejected at the regional level. The petition I have cited is that you are seeking the disqualification of some of your opponents. Is that true? Go to ask them if they know the constituency. Go to ask them what is it that they know about the constituency. Let's now bring in Samuel Mbrova, political desk, on the latest petition filed at the national level by Katie Hammond. Sammy, we know the petition has now been extended to include all three aspirants contesting him. Break the allegations on each of these aspirants for us. We know that during the uh, vet process, Katie Hammond made an attempt to disqualify Samuel Bainful Dakwa. His claim was that he's not known in the constituency and he's not eligible to contest. So uh, he, he failed in that bid and then now he has extended it to the national level of the party. And the three aspirants are Kobina Asamoa, also have uh, Samuel Bainful Dakwa. Uh, Enoch Boache Champong. So the ground for his appeal is that the three individuals do not qualify to contest him within the meaning of Article 12, 4, and 7 of the MPP Constitution, okay. which basically talks about the eligibility and members in good standing provision for aspirants. So, um, with respect to Samuel Bainful, who is seen as his main contender, the specific allegation is that after he lost the primaries in the previous elections, he came and de um, deceived them allegedly and took the donated pickup away and never returned. Uh, they are further saying that apart from that, he has not been part of party activities since they lost or he lost the primaries. Another issue they are raising against Samuel Binfo is that it appears that Samuel Binfo belongs to a group of people who never associated themselves with the Adanso Asoka MPP and never contributed anything to the constituency. Uh, but only showed up when there are uh, parliamentary primaries. The second person is Fabina Asamwa. Um, in, this, uh, in his case, the 14 um, uh, executive, constituency executives back in KT Hamon are claiming that uh, Minister Asamwa has never been part of any constituency activities and has never uh, also supported the party in any uh, form. And that's why they don't want him to, uh, to be part of the contest. They are also alleging that um, he is uh, more or less a roving Brand, who contested the primaries at the lower Achim constituency in the eastern region in the last primary. So on that grounds, he's not, he's, he should not be allowed to contest in that constituency. The last person is Enoch Boache Echampong. And they said, or the allegation against him is that he refused to honor the invitation sent to him to appear before the constituency disciplinary committee members to explain certain activities and pronouncements in the constituency that he made without the consent of the constituency executives. And also, the claim is that he has never been part of any constituency activity and has never made any uh, contribution toward the development of the party. So okay. they are telling the appeals committee that any document from him indicating that he has contributed to the party, making him in good standing or making him to have a good standing to contest the election is false and forged. Simply, they say they do not know uh, Enoch. So these are the specific allegations um, the 14 uh, executives back in KT Hammond are alleging. We know that the um, uh, veteran fraud, I mean, they are, and one of the aspirants actually appeared before the committee. So they say they are waiting for the outcome of that uh, report from the committee. But we know that on Wednesday, the National Executive Committee 
uh, of the MPP will be meeting to finalize decisions um, for the parliamentary pl- uh, primaries slated for the 27th of um, uh, January. We know mm. they, ha- they have already done some provisional mm. balloting, okay. awaiting right, the confirmation from mm. the National Executive Committee. Okay, all right then. Now, the hearing of this petition by the National Appeals Committee began today. Let's talk to Samuel Benfo, one of the contenders of KTM1. Mr. Benfo, grateful for joining us. Now, first off, how do you respond to all of these allegations by Katie Hammond? Good evening, Blaise, and good evening to our viewers. Yes, um, as I'm a law-abiding member of the New Patriotic Party, I was given invitation to join the uh, appeals committee today to respond to the issue that has been raised by the sitting member of parliament for Ansia Super, Katie Hammond. I did so, and uh, the issue were not too different from what came up when we met in Ashanti region. Okay. Um, when I went to the vet in Ashanti region, he came up uh, with some allegations, uh, charges against me, and when I, I provided my responses with evidence, those allegations were thrown overboard, and I was cleared to contest. And then um, we balloted, I'm the number four, so just yesterday that I also got an invitation that I got an invitation that uh, a petition has been sent again to the National Appeals Board. It's funny, it's very interesting. Why am I saying so? If you read the directive that really came up with the elections, it said that those who have been disqualified would have the right to appeal to the appeals board. It is not a ground for petition to be sent. If anybody has got a petition, you send it to the vetting committee. And once a decision is made about that, that is it. Mm. The appeals, if you read the directive very well, that No, no, but, 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 but Mr. Benfo, I mean, they've made several allegations against you that you are a roving candidate. You provided them at a, a pickup, you, you came for it. You have not been supporting the constituency. How do you respond to all of these allegations leveled against you? Good. So those allegations were responded to at the vetting. One. Okay. Uh, when I contested, I had a pickup that I used for my campaign. After we had the election on 20th of June, 2020, I lost the elections. After losing the elections, we were launching the constituency um, campaign for the general elections. I went there and donated 10,000 Ghana cities to the party, over the campaign of Anabu Ketiamon, and then donated 200 T-shirts to their constituency. In addition to that, I told them that this is a pickup I use for my campaign. I've lost though, but I need to make it available for the campaign. So I said that they can use the pickup once the elections are over. Then I come for it. When the elections were over, I went for the pickup in April 2021. Okay. The pickup was not even in good condition. So I called the constituency chairman and informed him that why? Let us attend to the pickup, let's send it to the mechanic shop for a follow where to be done on it. Mm-hmm. Then the constituency chairman directed one police station youth organizer, Alex, and the first vice to bring the pickup to Kumase. So it was like I even went there for myself. They drove their car to the mechanic shop in Kumase. And that's been there since. So the letter, when you read it, it's it suggests that I brought a pickup 2018. Okay. I lost the elections, mm. and then I came back for the pickup. No, I used the pickup mm. for my own contest, for my own campaign. And after I lost the election, I made the pickup available to the party. So, so you mean, you mean these allegations are not factual? 
They are not. And I, I, again, about the fact that I have never contributed anything mm. to the party, they are not sitting around. The person who is being accused that he bought a car and took it back is the same person who is being told that he has never contributed anything to the party. Okay. It has, there's, the two right. allegations don't reconcile. All right, okay. Yeah. So in use. sense of that, mm. I provided evidence, evidence. as the support I've given to the party. And what, uh, what, did the committee, what did the committee tell you? Um, the committee is supposed to come with, with reports, which I don't know yet. But okay. uh, what transpired, I was asked to go and control with the work I'm doing. So I'm sure there's, 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 there's no harm, there's, there's nothing to worry about. All right. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, uh, two other stories now. Chief of Army Staff, Major General Thomas Opon Pepra, is responding to rumors that he has turned down an appointment as the Chief of Defense Staff, CDS. According to the highly ranked Army officer, the rumors continue that his refusal to accept the position of CDS has stalled a major shakeup the government wants to undertake in the Ghana Armed Forces leadership. Major General Pompepra is therefore calling on the public to disregard such claims which he believes are orchestrated to taint his hard-earned reputation. My remarks, I want to say something. Usually I'm somebody who doesn't like talking, but there's a need for me to this morning clarify issues. The name of Pompepra is tearing so much and hurts and creating fear in people. I don't understand why. And so I've been attacked. And they keep attacking me. Even this morning, just like before I got here, a publication was sent to me. Uh, they call it Oprah News or something like that. Where it's being indicated that I have refused to accept the appointment of CDS, and as a result, there's a stop in the military shakeup. I've been taking to Juju people and all that. We have pictures of it. In fact, it was one of the military police gentlemen who brought the picture. But I'm still standing here. I'm not dead, and I will not die. If you can't cope up with what I do, just sit down and zip up. That is all. You don't need to write all those things. They've made me an achim. I'm not an achim. I'm a bunu. I'm very proud from the Mahinkro. Yeah, we speak there, bear, bear, bear. Yes, I love it. Can't change me. All right? And you see, for the past four years, together, teamwork, we have achieved so much. And people are jealous of us. That is all. I didn't do it. We did it as an army. Together with my staff officers and everyone. Commanding officers going to Bondasi and adding to whatever we are doing over there. It is teamwork. It is not me or Pompey Prasso. So don't attack me. Yes, so watching Johnny's Prime. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Please stay. In life, you sometimes seem to be cruising along. 
but just when you least expect it, things could go horribly wrong. Leave nothing to chance. Let Geico Group help you achieve your goals with customized solutions for life and general insurance, healthcare and finance. Geico, we cushion you for life. Afa! Afa! Simaps can a new promo. After what you saw, quality no, we need points. Points, no, now we to me a gear. Check yet to say mobile air tire, walking gear, shopping vouchers, cement, motorbikes, assassin, block machines, and me a check your baby. So, points, no, do a check your open one. And one is a who claim more happiness. Minya, make you lose all. Coswana scan it. Nasimov scan and win promo idea. Oh, be a winner. Send us to say, who are most me and son, I would be build all points. And she said, a crowd. Every day. People have money emergencies. Ma, I need my school fees emergency. Ma, me chop money emergency. Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your rent emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, challenge and enjoyment. At the top life we got. Dial star 770 for all your money emergencies and chop life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. Well, it's further. It was That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Whether it's 1924, 2024, or 2124, We've always known that you are driven by your sense of safety and well-being. It is what drives us too to see you through from start to finish, from small to big. And in the last 100 years, as you have evolved, so have we also expanded to serve you in many ways. From cradle to grave, with expertise in insurance, life, pensions, properties, health, and for those beautiful, memorable goodbyes. 
it's 2024 and in all our markets our pedigree is recognized our strength respected our expertise valued and our solutions sought by all who desire an advantage in life experience the time-tested and truly trusted 100 years legacy of Ghana's oldest insurer take charge of your future now insurance life pensions property management funeral services health insurance enterprise your advantage this is Kweku a university student every morning Kweku wakes up and practices how to apply for jobs after he graduates from the university this is until he found out about how you could win one million Ghana cities from the university challenge 10 universities and diverse topics and a chance to win one million Ghana CDs. This life has never been the same. Contact 0532-383-737 for more information. The University Challenge, Entrepreneurship, Leadership, Wealth Creation. There is something that drives you. The very thought of it fuels you. Even when the road gets rocky, you keep going. Just to get the results that matter. It could be about you. It could be the lives you touch. It could be about something dear to your heart. Such results leave a sweet lingering smile. A sense of fulfillment. That's why you work till late, yet rise with the sun. Yes, your drive knows no limit. Do it with Stanbic Bank, where we spare you on to get the results that matter. From the break now, the cybersecurity authority has raised alarm over a surprising job scam incident across the country. In a public alert statement, the CSA stated that it has received at least 15 reports through the cybercrime cybersecurity incident reporting point of contact with victims losing over 124,000 cities. Now, according to the CSA, citizens ought to be aware of unsolicited messages offering job opportunities as these scammers tend to pose as recruiters to fleece unsuspecting people. The CSA added that people must be skeptical of adv- advertisements that promise high-paying jobs that require minimal work. Let's share with you some of the uh, details of this. And it says, a new job scam approach has resulted in over 15 cases with victims losing more than 124,000 over the past few weeks. Now, unsolicited messages are sent by scammers through SMS, emails, WhatsApp, and Telegram. Scammers pose as recruiters offering remote, high-paying jobs for digital tasks such as liking social media posts and giving referrals to friends. Interested individuals are then recruited via a link in the unsolicited message. 
It says victims sign up and complete task for low initial payment, usually less than 200 cities. Scammers then request cash deposit for more tasks, and once payment is made, the victims are locked out of the account and lose contact with these scammers. They add that beware of unsolicited job offers, be skeptical of high-paying, minimal work opportunities, watch out for poor grammar and spelling mistakes in job ads, verify job ads directly with official company sources, and avoid sharing personal or financial information without employer legitimacy. So you need to be aware of all of these. Now, two other stories. Ghana risks losing eight human resources to HIV and AIDS if nothing is done about the increase in cases of infections. That's the warning from the Director General of the Ghana AIDS Commission, Dr. Chame Etiahene, flowing revelations that girls are six times at risk of contracting HIV. According to data from the Global AIDS Monitoring and UN 2022 report, a lot more teenagers, particularly girls, are increasing contract, increasingly contracting HIV and AIDS infections in West and Central Africa as compared to other parts of the world. Uh, to check their trend, Dr. Etienne is urging the public to be vigilant and adopt responsible lifestyles. We'll be hearing from him shortly, but first, here is MFA Etiamwa Eli's report from a conversation with UN, UNICEF's Chief of Health in Africa, Alexander Boone. Sharing details of the data with members of the African Media Network for the Promotion of Health and Environment, Remapsen, at a workshop in Lumim. UNICEF's Chief of Health in Africa, Alexander Boone, said despite advances in recent years, particularly in reducing HIV transmission from mother to child, attention and support for children and adolescents living with HIV remains insufficient. Alexander believes this is among the myriad of other factors aggravating the prevalence of cases, particularly among adolescent girls in Africa. He said girls are at a greater risk of contracting new infections compared to boys. In some countries where the incidence and the prevalence of HIV is on the rise, we have noticed that unfortunately the majority of uh, newly infected people were among adolescent and particularly adolescent girls. And as we showed it on the graphic, uh, the risk of adolescent girls to contract HIV is pretty much six times higher than the equivalent of age of the male adolescent. And that is probably related to many things and many uh, uh, circumstances or behaviors or uh, either social uh, related to poverty perhaps related to uh, the circumstances where these adolescents uh, live. Also among the regional challenges compounding the threat to adolescent health include limited engagement of community health workers in HIV and AIDS service delivery, as well as low availability of adolescent and youth-friendly health services in countries recording higher figures. According to the Global AIDS Monitoring and UN AIDS 2022 estimates, West and Central Africa is one of the regions in the world where children and adolescent are most affected by HIV, putting them just behind East and Southern Africa. 
we know that girls in general are much more sensitive to sexual transmitted infection, including HIV, than boys. Uh, the intergenerational uh, sex is also one of the contributing factors when a young adolescent or a young or uh, an adolescent girl gets into uh, sexual intercourse with older men there is a higher risk of transmission as well uh, of sexual transmitted infections including HIV. According to the report, prevention of mother-to-child transmission has remained at 65% coverage on the region since 2017. Seven out of ten children don't have access to HIV treatment in West and Central Africa. Pediatric treatment coverage is at a low 35% compared to 73% for adults. Also, there's been only 25% coverage for early childhood diagnosis, with three out of 10 children born to HIV-positive mothers tested before their first two months of life. Regarding early diagnosis of HIV in infants, Ghana is among eight countries to achieve above regional average of 25%, well below the target of 95% in the continent. In a clarion call to action, UNICEF enjoins all and sundry to accelerate the pace towards an AIDS-free generation in West and Southern Africa. The Children-Centered Humanitarian Organization believes eradicating AIDS starts with children. Each country must do everything possible to create a world in which children and adolescents are assured of getting the support they need to fight HIV and AIDS so we can deliver on our collective promise to enable an AIDS-free generation by 2030. I'm a LS report for Joy News. Lumi. As a resident of Samaboy in the Western region, I was shocked to learn the devastating health effect of illegal mining. After the first public community viewing of Joy News' documentary, Poison for Gold, produced by Erastos Asaridonko, in a town surrounded by the Great Forest and a heavily polluted Tunnel River, residents are demanding more from chiefs and community leaders in enforcing laws and leading advocacy to stop illegal mining. The Poison for Gold community tour is part of the USAGM media project on nature crimes in Ghana, supported by the U.S. Department of State, Bureau of Oceans and International Environmental and Scientific Affairs, Office of Conservation and Water. It is driven by the multimedia group through its diverse media platforms. Here is a report from the first stop at Samaboy in the western region. Samaboy, a town whose local economy is controlled by timber and farming, mainly cocoa, is threatened by illegal mining. The devastation caused West Forest Reserves, like the Tanonimri Reserve, featured prominently in Joy News' recent documentaries. In the Rasu Sasaradonko's Poison for Gold documentary, the health effects of the contaminants in the polluted Tano River featured prominently. In face samples that were taken from River Tano, at the Dantano area there, I thought I was just doing something simple. But when I realized the levels of mercury in the face samples, I became so alarmed. I looked at the levels in muscle, the face muscles, the head, the uh, gills, the eye, and the, the bones. The highest concentration was in the gills. The bones were also there. So since then, I have stopped eating the head of the fish 
as well as the bones. I only eat the muscles, and that is it. The multimedia VOA USA GM Poison for Good Community Tower, which started with Summer Boy, is aimed at reaching remote communities affected by nature crimes with the tree version of the documentary. The over 100 residents who watched the Poison for Good documentary, produced by Rasu Sasaridonko, were shocked at the findings. It is painful to learn it is possible that after a nine-month pregnancy journey, contamination from Galamse can cause my child to be deformed. It's sad. To give birth to a child with one leg and a lot of complications, I am sad. While some of the participants blame the cheese for the Galamse menace, others blame a lack of political will in fighting the country. Government should take bigger blame for the Galamse menace. We've all seen the damage caused by Akonta mining in this town. Who is Akonta mining? Is he not from the NPP government? If he doesn't have the power, can he do what he has done in this town? There was a debate between participants and some chiefs present on their role in fighting the menace. We, the opinion leaders, recently decided to fight mining in the Tanonumri forest, but the paramount chief of Enchi wanted the Chinese to mine. What can I say as a sub-chief? It's not on my land. We all know the Chinese miners who come here slaughter chicken for rituals and poor libation. Some of us have thought the Chinese are customs, so the power we had on our land is gone. Some of our leaders tell us to vacate our land if we cannot live with Galamse. If I don't give out my land, they dig around it and take over. What can we do? The land belongs to Nananom. If somebody comes with a license to mine and the chiefs don't give their permission, they cannot mine. So I will suggest that chiefs who allow Galamse on their land should be arrested. Dr. Yusip Tijani, a medical doctor with Samatex Hospital in Samaboy, who has been seeing a number of patients affected by ailments linked to irresponsible mining, called for a serious view of Galamsi across the country. To destroying not just um, lands and water bodies, but leave the environment contaminated um, to the extent that it, it affects unborn children. I think that we must be very sensitive and fight together as a community to bring this uh, Galamsi menace to a stop. Some preferred solutions to illegal mining while commending the poison for good community tar. I'm going to be agent of change. Brunison knowledge is power. GJ Journalist of the Year, Erastus Asaridonko, noted he is excited about the opportunity to connect with communities affected by the activities of illegal miners. The reaction of the people shows how concerned they are after watching how irresponsible mining that surrounds this town is having a negative effect on their lives on a daily basis. And I know that this is going to be the engagement, the community discussion and debate in the coming days. And so 
The Poison for Gold community tour is not ending at Samra Boy, it just began. This is the first stop. We are coming to a town near you in the coming days. Reporting for Joy News from Samra Boy, Kwasi Debra. Investment Limited. All right, let's do showbiz now. And Jacqueline, is it hi, Jackie? Hi, Coach Grace. Mm. How are you? Oh, well. Um, let's see, what, what do we have today? Well, I'm back again with mm. another Guinness World Record attempt. <laughs> now, remember that feeling when you're so engrossed in a book that the world around you fades away? Well, let's talk about taking you to the extreme. A Ghanaian man, Benedict Mawena, is attempting to break and set a new record of 216 hours for the longest reading allowed by an individual. The initial record was set by Riz by Isakov in 124 hours, 15 minutes. 2022, Rizbai Isakov from Kyrgyzstan took the world by storm by breaking and setting a record of 124 hours, 15 minutes for the longest marathon reading allowed by an individual. Isakov pressed with determination for five days straight, reading the Manas epic. Now, fast forward to 2024, Benedict Mawena, a determined Ghanaian, is warming up to challenge Isakov's record from 24th March to 1st April 2024. Mawena, in Tends to read about 100 books. He revealed that this challenge will help cultivate reading habits in children. Okay, when we say read aloud marathon, it simply refers to reading a text out loud. And the text must not be a less than two minute content. That's what qualifies okay. it to be called what a text. So we're going for a number of days using that. Okay, how many, how many days? We're going on a nine days. Which is how many hours now? 216 hours. That is the case. Reading is an issue in our place. Then reading is an issue everywhere. Yeah. So I'm going to take it upon myself to go on a reader tone to incorporate kids back into society, the reading skills. Because if adult children are seeing the adult reading, definitely they're going to embark on that skill. That's why I went on this marathon. Adding a unique twist to his challenge, Benedict plans to put Ghana on the map by incorporating books written in various Ghanaian languages. Make sure that 80% or 90% of what I read that day is solely Ghanaian. I'll be reading books in our local dialect as well. That is oh. the tree. Oh, okay. oh, different languages. Yes, I'll be reading books in English and as well as read a book in French. Okay, so you are fluent in how many languages are you fluent in? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm interested in how many languages is that? Chi, um, I'm, really, uh, I'm fluent in Chi, both the Asante and the Kyapim one. So I'll be reading books from Asante. So you have Fanti? Yes, too. I, I can read the Fanti, I can read the Asante and the Kyapim Chi. Okay. And I'm being trained on how to read the Ewe, so it's become a reading books in the Ga and the Ewe and yeah, the Ewe language. And the Benedict stands alongside many others, all driven by the determination to carve their names in the Guinness Book of Records. For Joy News, I am Jacqueline Ansuma Yabor. Follows the successful completion of the Domestic Debt Exchange Program in 2023. Well, I'm still searching for that record to break. Now, many of the songs lingering in our minds nowadays originate from TikTok. Whether we love or dislike the platform, now TikTok undeniably is shaping a new era of music hits that stays with us consistently. Its capacity to propel artists to fame has revolutionized the game for numerous emerging musicians.
Ghanaian music is making a global impact and TikTok is playing a significant role in that phenomenon. Whether we embrace it or not, many of the catchy tunes dominating our thoughts these days originate from TikTok, marking a new era of music hit. For artists in Ghana, not only is TikTok helping make their career dreams come true, it is also helping to take the Ghanaian music to the global stage and show the world that Africa is a place of unmatched talent. Black Sharif's Kweku the Traveler dropped in April 2022, successfully securing spots on various streaming platforms. Beyond its infectious melody, Sharif earns significant acclaim for the favor which he delivers his verses. The message evidently struck a chord with listeners, reflected in the song's popularity as people saved and reshared it on their TikTok pages. Originally released in 2021, Sugar gained new height in 2022 with a remix featuring Mayo Kun, Darko, and King Promise. The track skyrocketed on TikTok, propelled by Mayo Kun's verse and a dance routine crafted by Dance God Lloyd. The song Down Flat can't be overlooked here. Kelvin Boyd describes Down Flat as the quickest song he's ever written. Surprisingly, the song gained traction making significant waves on TikTok with minimal promotion and the rest, as they say, became history. My hair, I know fit to reset, I know fit to connect. Something marks Jackie's fourth consecutive hit on TikTok, showcasing her familiarity with the platform. Following the success of Forever, which propelled her to international stages and chat summits, virtually every subsequent song of hers has gone viral on the app. Are you looking, looking for me? Last night's Friday nights gained traction due to its catch beat and playful wordplay propelling the song to viral status on TikTok. The feel-good vibe of the song is simply irresistible. And what better way to celebrate the entry into a weekend than with a track that everyone loves. One Leg originated as a dance tutorial for those struggling to dance at parties. After gaining immense popularity on TikTok, the creator Jay Hoover launched a correspondence song with the same title. These songs, amongst others, have garnered visibility on the app, drawing billions to their music. The platform's capability to propel artists to stardom has revolutionized the game for numerous new musicians. A lingering question remains, what happens to music that doesn't gain social media traction? for another day. Now, playlist update. Could you... Diana Hamilton released a new song today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yes, so um, it's dubbed The Doing of the Lord, which features popular Nigerian gospel singer Mercy Chingwo. Diana Hamilton's much-awaited collaboration with Nigerian gospel artist Mercy Chingwo Title The Lost Doing has finally been released. This marks the first collaboration between the two talented artists. Ghanaians are expressing their excitement for the new single, particularly praising Mercy Chin was first delivered in Chi. (laughs) 
Dinah Hamilton speaking to Joy News says this is a song that will uplift people and give them a reason to worship God. Um, it's a song that will bless. It, it's a song that promises to uplift, give us a reason to worship God, to praise God, to dance. Um, and so let's just wait for it. Uh, this year in February, I get to um, celebrate the awake experience, the 10th year. So we're working and other things that, because this is out, I'll let you have it. Dinah Hamilton is also expected to hold her 10th anniversary of her annual gospel concert, Awake Experience, in February 2024. Well, we can't wait for the Awake Experience, though. Sweet. And this is, that, this is coming from two of my favorite people. Yeah, two powerful gospel so, musicians over so there. all the best to them. Well, that's how we wrap it up. But I want to say hi to Justice A. Newton of her. He's written something on, about me on Facebook. Well, I know about it already, so it's no news. All right. There's more news on MyJoyOnline.com. Uh, up next is Prime Business with Emma Davis. Good evening. <laughs> In the day I was gonna man, but something was missing until I found the one. HD Plus is not your regular free to air decoder. For a small fee, you get to experience great services and exciting world of content. Dial star eight seven nine hash on your mobile phone and subscribe for as low as two hundred and ninety cities. Hash this one is different. The images are five times clearer in HD picture quality, and I'm loving the feely feely experience. HD Plus. I love you. Plus, I'm still here. <laughs> HD Plus. For better? For less. That's right. Get your HD Plus decoder from any Electroland outlet or our dealer shops. The business segment is brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. My name is Emma Davis, and this is Prime Business. Let's look at our stories. Finance Minister Ken Furiata has indicated that the deal reached with the external bilateral creditors should mark a major turning point for the economy. This was after the country managed to reach an agreement with its bilateral creditors last Friday on the terms for restructuring $5.4 billion of debts. 
Speaking on a yet-to-air-PM Express Business Edition, Mr. Furiata said this deal will help fast-track the process to reduce Ghana's debt. Through a very difficult and sacrificial exercise with the debt exchange program, so there's no question in people's minds that Ghana has done its part, you know, in very difficult environments. Uh, and therefore it's incumbent um, for people to come to a certain realization that we also um, signal um, um, a new beginning uh, for how international architecture should begin to look um, at countries such as ours. Um, uh, and the goodwill that um, the government and the country has built over these years, uh, I think maybe should attest to it. Of course, um, um, colleagues at the ministry work incredibly hard um, to make sure that uh, we fulfill, you know, the, the review issues. And Parliament was very generous with us this year uh, in terms of passing the revenue bills and also the appropriation in good time, which the president assented to. Um, on the 29th of December. Um, so I think it's been a collective effort uh, and a clarity on um, the goal. Uh, and therefore, of course, there are quite a number of people invested in this thing not happening, uh, but making sure that the work that needs to be done um, is done. And, and I think it's um, really an acknowledgement to all of us as a country um, that we are thought of differently and therefore, when people sit, uh, they need to consider the Ghana case in a special way. Talk about this deal being raised with external creditors. I mean, we've heard about uh, no haircut principal interest, about uh, paying something after five years. What is in this deal for Ghana going forward, now that we've reached this agreement with these external bilateral creditors? So you're talking about the euro bonds, et cetera? No, for, for, for the bilateral creditors, in terms of the deal that you have rushed with them. Yeah. What is Ghana given to um, these guys on board? Well, first of all, there was actually quite a bit of a miracle. And as you know, the, the cut-off date has always been sort of March 2020. Um, this was really extended to 2022 uh, December, which is just great. Um, so everybody can now be a part of this, and we can get into bilateral negotiations um, with, with, with each one. Um, I think it gives us um, um, some leeway um, the next three years with regards to um, servicing um, of all the loans that we have, and that gives us space um, for our own fiscal space to be able to um, to do to insist on the type of development um, that that we want. Um, what we have now is uh, it gives enough financial assurance. Um, for the IMF to sit. Uh, we now are going to take our time um, to get into the nitty-gritties of the MOU. Mm -hmm. And so that's what is ahead of us. But at least the major hurdle of them realizing um, a holistic um, timesheet to us has been achieved. And we'll now work with them into the details um, of that. So does the preliminary timesheet include the, the no cut on the principal and the interest and then the fact that it's still a freeze uh, after four years before we start paying something as well? I think those broad parameters, you know, are in there. And um, I, 
Um, I really don't want to be drawn into the details, details, because those are really going to change. But what it does give us is it gives us momentum um, to now proceed a lot more aggressively over Eurobond investors and commercial creditors. Um, so from Monday, uh, we'll have a team that is now going to begin those discussions. So it now it means that you are ready to go to the board because the IMF had always argued that what they were looking for was that financial insurance. Now that this has been reached, yeah. are you ready to go to the board? And is it now the 19th of January that the board... That That's board Meanwhile, the business community is optimistic the second tranche of $600 million from the IMF will come in handy to complement the impressive recovery of the economy. According to the Association of Ghana Industries, consistent drop in inflation plus the relative stability of the exchange regime can be attributed to the support from the IMF. Hence, the timeliness of the second tranche should help trigger the ease of doing business in Ghana. Cholam Akpelu is the Greater Accra Regional Chairman of the Association of Ghana Industries. You observe that every year, the cycle is said that by January, February, most of the foreign-owned businesses will be cashing out their money out of the economy. They will be cashing out their profit out of the economy. That puts a lot of pressure on the dollar because they need to change and get hard currency to be able to send out of the economy. And so that destabilizes not only the currency, but the economy in general. But if you were to have a policy that ensures that there's an equity law and encourages local citizens to be part of companies and establishments in the country and actually own shares, what we mean is that we will be able to retain all these monies in the economy and actually work hard to export and have the monies come to the economy so that over time we have a more stabilized regime rather than waiting for an IMF bailout. The, the, the good thing is that the inflation rate has been quite, there's an improvement in, in the inflation rate, but we'd like to see a more deeper inflation rate. Ideally, we look forward for single inflation rates. Normally, it's better that way, so that we can be sure that prices are generally more stable, and that helps us in, in our overall industrial planning. And so, of course, the IMF bailout will come handy, hopefully, to deepen this, and also for the central bank to consider to, re to reduce its policy rate because it has been um, inflation targeted focus. And so, really, if this comes, all of these indicators hopefully will be affected in a good way so that overall the industrial um, environment in Ghana will flourish. The government will spend about 119.621 billion CDs on compensation and interest payments in 2024. According to the 2024 citizens' budget by the finance ministry, this will represent 52.7% of the expected total expenditure of about uh, 226.68 billion CDs. There's more in this report. The expenditure from these two main items is lower than what was recorded in 2023. The about 39.58 billion CD grants to other government establishments is the third largest expenditure for this year. It is followed by capital expenditure of 28.72 billion CDs. 
other expenditures constitutes 27.69 billion CDs, whilst goods and services make up 11.06 billion CDs. The total expenditure for this year constitutes 21.6% of the size of the economy. Primary expenditure, which is expenditure without interest payments, is projected at about 170.7 billion CDs, approximately 16.2% of the size of the economy. Meanwhile, based on the estimates for total revenue and grants and total expenditure, the projected overall balance on a commitment basis is a deficit of 50.1 billion CDs. Away from the fiscals, the Institute of Energy Security is warning if geopolitical risk in the Middle East escalates, prices of crude will continue to surge, thereby having a major impact on prices at the local pumps. This caution follows U.S. and its allies launching airstrikes against Houthi rebels in Yemen, retaliating attacks on commercial ships on the Red Sea. Speaking to Joy Business on how this could impact the domestic market, research analyst with IES Adam Yakubu said the development has the tendency to affect supply to the African market and pump prices in Ghana in the medium term. The prices are likely to go up between 1% and 4% for all petroleum product prices because when you look at the data from refined uh, products market, you will see that all petroleum products went up ranging from 2% um, for uh, petrol, about 3% for diesel, and about 4% for LPG. However, the interesting thing is that the Ghana city in, uh, in, in recent times has been on the depreciation trend, went up appreciating against the U.S. dollar by some 0.66%. Ordinarily, we would have expected that prices would, would come down because the city is appreciating. However, when you compare the the margin of increment on the refined product prices against the margin of appreciation of the Ghana city is not enough. Associate Director of Tax and Regulatory Services at Deloitte, Wisdom Panel, is urging individuals and businesses to seek some tax reliefs and incentives to reduce their tax burden. With government set to implement some new taxes this year, some businesses have already kicked against the implementation of those new taxes. Speaking on the marketplace earlier today, Mr. Panu said an effective way of reducing the impact of the new taxes on individual pockets and businesses is for them to take advantage of some reliefs such as marriage reliefs and reliefs on mortgage interest. Yeah, so for individuals, um, so for individuals, it's important that individuals are looking at how to get uh, the most out of the tax system. Um, so your income, which is subject to income tax, the, the rates uh, has been provided for. But then there are some reliefs um, from the income tax law that w- would allow individuals to get some reliefs um, in terms of their taxes, and um, a number of them. So we have marriage relief, and so the, the advice is that for individuals, we have to look at what are the opportunities to reduce the tax burden Mm -hmm. because that is what the law has already provided for. Um, One of the uh, key ones which I would mention as the first is that we have uh, in our Income Tax Act, Act 896, a relief from um, uh, mortgage interest on residential premises. So if you are paying a loan, uh, the interest on that loan for one residential 
um, premises in Ghana, you are able to deduct the interest against uh, your income, your accessible income before tax. For tonight on Prime Business, but the Joy Business Advisory Series continues tomorrow on the marketplace at 2 p.m. Do make a date. My name is Emma Davis, and have a good evening. The business segment was brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. decades, we have helped businesses connect with their trade partners all over the globe. From Ghana to Burkina Faso, Cote d'Ivoire, Benin, Togo, Senegal, China, Morocco, France, Netherlands, and many other countries. We have made it possible to bring Ghana to the world. We have brought small and medium businesses closer to their customers across the regions in Ghana with our SME support facilities. We have brought relief and smiles to the faces of families with our employee personal loans. With our cutting-edge technology and digital support, we take the burden of complex thinking off you, making life simple. That is who we are, as close as a partner. Bank of Africa. We are indeed the African bank with the global reach. It's time to get stepping, because if you upgrade your DSTV subscription now, we'll step you up to an even higher package. Respect that. Upgrade now and step up to even more action. Step up to more football. Step up to more local drama. Step up to more fun and get more than you pay for. Upgrade now and get boosted to the next package at no extra cost. Visit your multi-choice branch or agent and upgrade to step up and get boosted. Stories you've probably never heard of them before. If you are better than the coach, then you should have been the coach. We ever knelt down to beg a coach to take Solomon Tari to it? Yes, in 2010, I did it. Milo asked you to sign for his agent and you refused? Yes, mostly at, at that point, nobody wants to come and play for the Blasters since 2008. Semi finals, finals, semi finals, finals. If we continue like this, I can assure you and I can bet you anything happened negative. Concerning the team, it's me. Sports segment is brought to you by. Commend the DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. Another welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao. Now, tonight, the Black Stars head coach, Chris Eaton, suffered an attack following the Black Stars' loss to Kevet. Now, the attack, according to information gathered, happened at the hotel of the Ghana national team after losing 2-1 to Kevet in their opener of the ongoing 2023 Africa Cup of Nations tournament. Uh, sources further reveal that the fan uh, has since been arrested and for the, an attempt to beat up the coach. And uh, we understand that uh, the fan was stopped by some diplomats who were present at the scene. 
Now, while the coach was taken to safety, uh, the suspect, who is yet to be identified, has since been handed over to Cote d'Ivoire police. Uh, the fan is currently in the custody of the police, whom we understand will decide the next line of action. Now, the head coach uh, has been speaking following the Black Stars' loss to Cape Verde, where he's been expressing disappointment with the manner in which the team considered the goals and hoping for an improved performance in their game against Egypt on Thursday. We, we uh, conceded two bad goals from uh, our point of view, Cape Verde started better than what we did but then I think we grew into um, a good game um, I think the the we didn't allow the, dis the the disappointment or we didn't allow ourselves to get too disappointment after the goal that was ruled out from VAR uh, and I think we grew from that and um, we uh, at one stage, once we scored the goal in, in the second half, I thought we were very much uh, on the front foot uh, and looking that perhaps we could score a second goal. Um, but I think this is the nature of the, the game. Sometimes it goes um, in... The momentum goes with us, sometimes it goes with the opposition. Um, but you can't concede the type of goal that we did in the last moments of the game, particularly at this stage, because at that stage you're pushing to, to get the winner, um, but at this stage what you can't do is you can't afford to lose the game. And, um, and we conceded a very poor goal. And you see this type of situations, but you know we lack a lot of experience, and you know I know you can't say anything. But at the end of the day, if you look at the squad that we have, and more than ten is the first half come. Yeah, more than ten is the first half come. So this type of mistakes will happen, and we need to learn. We need to learn quick because the half is not waiting for anyone, and you know it's it's not it's not easy. It's hard, but. Well, the action continued today with uh, five-time champions Cameroon and Guinea, uh, you know, playing today. But uh, Cameroon were held to a draw by 10-man Guinea as the early stages of the African Cup of Nations continued uh, to produce surprising results. Guinea, ranked atheists in the world, had threatened a real shock when Mohamed Bayou fired them into an early lead. But they had to play the entire second half. A man light after Sipa Francois Kamano was shown a red card. Magritte nodded in George Kevin in Kudu's cross to draw Cameroon level. But Guinea admirably hung on for a deserved point. We've got highlight for you. So now, Guinea Rautanilo. La Guinea. Takutanguliza mpira meshinikana meupoka tena Cameroon. Arred Mukodi. Pembeni lakini nao. Wamekataliwa Antoine Conte. Pila mrefu kakana fasi. Bayo! Nakataliwa! Takonashetana Nampira tena ukamkuta Bayo Mohamed kwenye eneo zuri akauweka katika neti ni Oliver Kemeni yule alikuwa anacheza na Shiringi 
kwenye tundu la choo wakakomba kwenye pressing ya ari ya juu Mohamed Bayo kwa winga huyo dakika 4 akimfanyia Frank Magri kwa ni madhambi ambayo ukitazama yanastahili kadi ya njano yes ya kwa ni ya kwanza kwenye mchezo huu kwenda kutazama mpira juu na si kucheza goza Mohamed Bayo na hii ni tukio ambalo limefanywa na Francois Kamano kwa msako uliokuwa unaendelea ilikuwa ni jambo tu la kutarajia upande ule ule wa kushoto na yule yule George Nkudu alimwaga maji kwenye sita pale Frank Magri akaenda akautia utosi mbele ya mlinzi ule Ibrahim Kone mpira umedunda pale karibia na tatu yake amejaribu kupeleka mkono ukashindikana nyavu zimeitika in the day holders Senegal began their campaign with a victory over 10 man underdogs the Gambia Papa Guy gave the Taranga Lions the ideal start collecting Sadio Mane's pass to far in a fourth minute opener from inside the penalty area Cardiff City midfielder Ebu Adams was dismissed for the Gambia for an off the ball challenge just before half time I mean, Kamara doubled Senegal's lead with a low finish after the break and killed in a classy third from a distance. Up, no, steps over it. Barrow with the stroke. It's the side netting. Good effort from Barrow. A good sight to possibly as well for him as well. And then this was the incident. Went to VAR. A moment of madness from Gambia midfielder Ebu Adams. Raking his studs down the back of his opponent initially given a yellow overturned in the end and it went to red he can have few complaints the recriminations I'm sure will go on and then he'll have a lot of explaining to do and then Ismail Asar into Lamine Kamara the young 20 year old tipped to be a star of the future in Senegalese football and didn't he make that look easy first touch to set himself the second touch buried into the bottom corner The, uh, the final quarter of the game. That's a nice ball in. Soe. Twisting, turning, 
Koulibaly, wow, he's playing Bentley into real difficulty there, Koulibaly, and he apologises to his goalkeeper. There's a... Look at that, look at the technique. Bending, curling, this will be a great angle to see this. Look at that, look at that, right into the top corner. Well, the final game of the day is Algeria playing Angola, currently nil-nil uh, over there. But uh, the FIFA awards is one nil uh, against Angola. Algeria have just scored one goal, and they are leading in that action. Well, the FIFA awards is also underway in London, and uh, the FIFA World Best best 11 players have already been released. Uh, the best coach went to Pep Guardiola, and there's the first 11 over there. Uh, Thibaut Courtois imposed, uh, John Stones in there, Ruben Diaz also in there, Carl Walker, Manchester City all taking up the sports there. And uh, Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne and Jude Bellingham making the midfield. Lionel Messi, Erlen Haaland, Kylian Mbappe and Vinicius Jr. making up the attackers there in the best 11. Well, Pep Guardiola was crowned the best coach of the year, and uh, we understand Lionel Messi is expected to pick up the best player award over there. Well, that's all we have for you on Prime Sports tonight with me, Razak Wasbao. We'll be back at 8.30 tomorrow. Do have a lovely evening.